0: Welcome to a brand new episode of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host, Andy. I'm Eddie. I'm Pat. Join us as we go in search of the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries right here on Paranormal Dads. Okay, welcome back, everybody. We have a great episode lined up for you today. And like always, you know, prior to the the recording, we're like, who's on what? Who's got which topic? What did we do last time? I know I have Maine. Who who has uh, recent sightings and pop culture today, guys? I'm on recent sightings. I've got pop. Pop, Pat. Pat's on pop. Pat's on pop. Pop on. Pat, Pat's on pop and pop on pat. It's like a hop on pop book.
1: <laughs> pop Schuster on pop. Book.
0: <laughs> yeah eddie who just figured out what clocks are
2: for um has got recent sightings so there's that hey you were around
0: today bro not too bad not too bad today i think we were all a couple minutes late actually not too bad though but welcome everybody uh for your listening enjoyment we have a new episode ready to go today what have you guys been up to i know life's been crazy busy weather's nice out it's almost feeling like spring but this is uh I don't know, are you guys feeling motivated to get out and ha- do any half gardening or anything yet? Don't fall for it, guys. It's fool Spring is what it is.
1: <laughs> I'm definitely ready to get out of the house. Um, it's going to be kind of a weird year for us because we're actually moving in the spring. So uh, we'll be taking on a new yard and um, new challenges and hopefully uh, new adventures. So, All right. New yard for Pat DeMoe. Yeah. I just stares at it like I just had this yard figured out. I Dang, think it's like it. gonna be smaller, so that's that's Ooh. a good thing.
0: There you that's go. That's right. Pat loves to mow though. You know, he got one of those mowing apps or mowing video games. What, what was that one called, Pat?
1: Yeah, it was uh the lawn mower simulator on the PS PS four. <laughs> Someday and you, many decades from you now we go back Pat... and forth and <laughs> and mow grass.
0: Are you kidding
2: me right now? I know you had the yeah. farming simulator. Yeah, now the farming the lawn... simulator
1: is much better, I must say. But, um, but, uh, yeah, you just, you go back and forth with a lawnmower and as you earn money, you can buy better mowers. The problem with, I think there's some glitches in that game though, because sometimes you have to search for a certain blade of grass to get a hundred percent so you can finish the job. And so you'll go over the yard a couple of times to find the missing blades of grass that you seem to have missed. Thank goodness, oh real gosh. life isn't like that.
2: I had no idea this was even a game.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's in the. Uh, you, you can, you can download, download it. Yeah, yeah, it's on the PlayStation Store, and uh, I think I bought it for I don't know five bucks, something like that. It was pretty cheap.
0: Well, someday, but, sometime, a few, uh, several decades down down the road. When Pat crosses over into the afterlife through the pearly gates, there's just going to be a, a a shaggy lawn just waiting for him to mow. There's going to be that a, a be golden awesome. riding mower, and they're going to say, hop on, buddy. You've Give earned me it. a riding mower.
1: That'd be awesome.
0: <laughs> Fields of grass. And I would just... do
1: that. Just mow, <laughs> mow the grass all day.
2: Pat's guardian angels are like, welcome home, buddy. Here you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <Yeah! laughs> Got a little sidecar, like an old-fashioned motorcycle where they're just riding with him. <laughs> it's like as
2: you mow it, Pat. Its new grass grows right behind it. <laughs>
1: so like, it never <laughs> ends. Say, it never
0: ends. Speaking sounds, of video games, real quick before like we get into pop, day. what was that? What was that old video game that you guys both played, and like one of you was like super advanced, and one of you was really basic? <laughs> that was the. was that?
1: space one, Eddie. Do you do you recall the name it's of that called game? No Man's Sky.
0: That's right. So who is advanced and who is primitive because it's a funny story if I remember.
2: Pat was Pat was crazy advanced. This is like ancient alien level advanced. So I think I introduced you to the game path you did originally. Eddie
1: introduced yeah. me to it yeah and uh, so I started playing it on my own for a while and then one day we said, hey let's let's get a game together and, and we joined each other online. And so Eddie flew into my world, and I'm like, "Okay, come check out this place," <laughs> or maybe we started in your world, and 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 Eddie shows was, me this little shack on this planet, was... and little things going on. Then we go over to my planet, and and I've got this palace built. <laughs> it was crazy. It was this crazy, shining wizard of Oz like uh, you know, shining jewel of a city. You <laughs> and you the jaw just kind of dropped.
2: I couldn't believe it. I like so, and then like over the pandemic, really, you kind of dove into
1: it, right? <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And over the pandemic, i you know, I was doing other things, and so I was playing it a little bit, but not nearly as much as Pat was. <laughs> My world. So in this game, you can fly around the galaxy, literal the entire universe, and find habitable planets, and build space stations, and all these things, and acquire resources, and make friends and enemies, and all these things. And so, I'm on my world. I literally have, like like Pat said, a shack. I have an outhouse. It's, it's an outhouse that I covered the hole over. It was like, this is my new home. And I have, like, a turd garden. I'm like, look at me. I'm growing potatoes. <laughs> literally. And, like, like, my civilization was literally one little building and a little garden of turnips. And I'm like, and I'm like chasing off like these weird aliens at night with my sharp stick, like stop it, stop it. Pat lands on this like millennium Falcon looking UFO. He's like, Hey buddy, want to see my planet? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I get on. We fly off to his planet. I get off the ship. I'm looking around. He has an entire city. There's a city built, and there's just machines going, industry, there's mining happening, there's, like, there's people worshiping Pat like a god. He has a whole religion. I'm like, yay! Our savior has returned! <laughs> what did I. What? Is- Here's a few quadrillion dollars, buddy. Here you go. <laughs> What's you know, I think I went
1: I think I went from that game to to farming simulator and I've been there ever since.
2: <laughs> That's what happens. You become a god and then you're like this I'm over this. I just want to farm turnips again. <laughs> like you just go back. <laughs> it was Eddie, great. So
0: for that brief moment, Eddie felt like a caveman and, you know living in the future.
2: I literally was like Pat's looking at me like, hey man, so what'd you do? I don't know. I figured out how to write my name and poop. <laughs> <laughs> and you're sitting here like there's like literally like he opened the doors, like he's a Wizard of Oz moment. He opens these giant double doors and you just see like people dancing and singing. Pat is back Pat is here. He is our god. <laughs> I'm like
0: And Eddie comes in, ooh ooh, ooh. where's the stick? Ooh, ooh.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like what's Eddie doing I'm trying to eat one of their holy books? Arr, arr. Like it was just it was crazy. And this game allows that level of stuff. And Pat kept, like, hacking it. He's like, hey, you want a diamond mine? I'm like, I don't need a diamond mine. I just need a not-stinky hut. <laughs> He's oh, like, all right. Gosh. Well, I felt like Ezekiel, who, like, goes taken up above the earth, above the firmament to see heaven and all creation and then sent back to my dusty little village. All right, see ya. <laughs> I've he caught a glimpse of would... Disney World, and then you had to go back to the ghetto. <laughs> I've seen things you wouldn't. My shanty town, where we're all fighting over a crab leg.
0: <laughs>
2: Welcome to recent sightings. I have not one, not two, but three. Recent sightings for you in my cryptic little paranormal dad's notebook. That when I die, people are going to read this and think this man had some problems.
0: <laughs> He's deeply disturbed. I can see it slowly disintegrating throughout the years. Like, why did his writing get worse and worse? And why is it it just becomes gibberish and incoherent words? Something Pages about a, falling out of the thing. Something about a Dropa stone and something about a Stonehenge and a, and a Voynich manuscript. What is this stuff? It's funny
2: you mentioned Stonehenge. That's the first thing, the page that fell out of here That's the top of this. What are you, a psychic? Yeah, go figure, right? (laughs) Um, So anyway, uh, welcome to recent sightings. Uh, Typically, we'll get into things. These are three very recent things within the past. Uh, Let me see here. One is as recent as a week and a half, two weeks ago. Uh, One's a couple years, and one is about the same time frame, about one or two years ago. So as far as we're concerned, pretty darn recent.
1: Hey, Eddie, before we get into this, though, didn't you have a recent sighting on the road in traffic the other day? I you
2: did should, have a recent sighting on the road that. in traffic. So here I am, sitting in traffic, reliving the, the shock and awe of seeing my friend Pat be worshipped as a deity. <laughs> and I'm in. I'm just driving home, and I see a car in front of me, and she had, uh, I took a picture, I Thought about posting it online, but I don't know. This I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I will. I took off the yeah. license plate, so
1: yeah. There's, there's, you know, we don't want to, you know, give away anybody's uh, privacy or anything, but. right?
2: But uh, on one side of this person's car, uh, they had the sticker that said "Crazy Bat Lady." That was funny. Funny little play on words. instead a crazy cat lady, and <laughs> and I'm like, oh, they they like weird stuff. That's cool. And I looked over to the other side of this person's car. So that was on the left-hand side, driver's side on the passenger side, back of the car. I see another sticker and I'm like, wait, what is that? And I look closer. It's a paranormal dad sticker. That's
1: totally on the, awesome.
2: <laughs> on the back of some random person's car in town. And I was just sitting here like, you gotta be kidding me. That's nuts.
1: <laughs> that is awesome.
2: Talk about some fun, some fun stuff. I, I fought the temptation to get out of my car and go over to her car and <laughs> knock on the window.
1: Hey, hey, it's me we'll it's down, start knocking on the window. She screams, calls it, the police. Yeah. It's a crazy man trying to get in my car.
2: Yeah. Changed the podcast from paranormal dads to penitentiary dads and I'm <laughs> in jail for well, attempted carjacking.
0: On a similar note, it happens about once a week that somebody will will pass me and they'll wave and smile and give like a thumbs up and point to the back of my car because on the back of mine I don't have a, a sticker but I just have like a decal with the text. It just says Paranormal Dad's Podcast, and then there's an alien and a ghost and a an angel and something else. And so, but you know, and so I, I don't know if they're just a fan of of weird things like that or if they're giving a thumbs up about the Paranormal Dad's aspect or both. But it's kind of it's kind of neat that that people. Uh, you know, you bump into these people out in public who are into it kind of, kind of makes you, makes you feel, wow. Yeah. Let's, let's keep doing this show. we got a special thing going here.
2: Oh, absolutely. Like, like I said, like I wasn't even really thinking about, you know, the show uh, at, you know, at that moment, just kind of chilling being myself and behind the t- steering wheel. And I see right there our our sticker like, huh, there you go. People, awesome. you like us. <laughs> <laughs> Person gets out. I don't even know who this is. I thought thought the art was cool. (laughs) (laughs) Darn it. Um, But, yeah, that was fun. Um, So in further recent sightings, um, one that was actually fairly, fairly recent was uh, recently, uh, I say they, NASA and entities associated with NASA. In fact, one of them was called the – I want to say it was the Big Listen. It's either Big Listen or – yeah, it's big listen uh, is a, t- attached to uh, this NASA listening uh, device and SETI received a signal from space from Alpha Centauri, and it has been so far they are unable to um, prove or disprove that it is not uh, a naturally occurring radio signal because a lot of space uh, type elements, things in space will kick out a radio signal. Um Stars going off, black, all this stuff creates some sort of interference signals. This signal is consistent, super narrow. This is like as far as bandwidth goes, it's a really narrow uh, signal and nothing that's embedded in the signal. They were saying that in in a lot of cases you will embed things in signals. This is a tone. They said a single Mm -hmm. tone, like a musical tone. So they don't quite know, I say they, uh, researchers and um, um, people researching this tied to NASA and SETI have said this signal, while coming from Alpha Centauri, they don't have enough information yet to quite say what it is, but they know what it isn't. It's not occurring naturally through natural stuff in space. The theory is it might be like some sort of, Bounce back from Earth, some sort of Earth interference they don't know, but that apparently is looking less and less likely. and the origin of this signal is coming from Alpha Centauri, which is um pretty darn
0: cool in my in my mind. That's incredible. Holy smokes. Yeah. I mean, if it is the real deal, my my question is how far away is Alpha Centauri because was this thing sent? 300,000 years ago. I mean, it right. t- it, it's not like sig- signals can travel the cosmos in- instantaneously. Yeah. Um, you know, the universe is so vast that by the time our signals, for example, reach a distant star system, we, we as humans might not even exist anymore. Um, so do they do they have any idea, like, how far how far away this star system is? I guess I got to ask Siri real quick.
2: Uh, so yeah, so I, I, I stand corrected. Is Breakthrough Listen. That's the name of this project big that's just me that's me in my little uh no man's sky caveman world that i live in <laughs> like, <"Ooh, laughs> big big listen big ears big ears. <laughs> um yeah Be- breakthrough listen candidate one or blc dash one was a candidate seti radio signal detected and observed uh during april and may of 2019 um uh, coincident with the direction of the s- solar system's closest star, Proxima Centauri in the Alpha Centauri system. Uh, how far away that is, Andy? I'm not getting that yet. Uh, da, 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 da. I do know it's our one of Earth's closest stars. That's not the sun. You said Proxima.
0: Pretty- you said Proxima Centauri. Correct. Here, let me ask Siri. Maybe she'll know. <laughs> there you go. Hey Siri, how far away is Proxima Centauri? Uh, 7.5 million kilometers.
2: I have, I have
0: 4.24 light years. Okay. Yep. I'm seeing that too. Uh, so if we were to start traveling the speed of light, we get there in four years. Yep. Speed of light, by the way, 187,000 miles per second. So if you could go that fast, you could travel around the world four and a half times per second and it would still take you 4.2 years to get to this place. So Uh, yeah, we got a ways to go in terms of interstellar travel. But unless Matthew McConaughey and Jodie Foster could hook us up with another wormhole like they did in Contact, right? Exactly, yeah. Oh, oh man, that movie was so good. When I saw this pop
2: up, I was like, oh, man, just like Contact. Here we go. (laughs) Let's build a Stargate. Let's build a Stargate. (laughs) Um, So that was really interesting. Uh, Everything I have read up to now has said that they have not quite fully figured out what this signal is. There are people, obviously, who are very quick to write these things off. Um, and, honestly, people who are too quick to maybe call them alien. Uh, they said the signal is uh, consistent, but narrow. And uh, it just reminds me of things like, going back to the that um, interstellar object we had come through our solar system, Amuamua. Um, Amua, Amua. 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 You know, people were very quick to write that thing off. And then, as you... if and anybody listening, look this up. Um, the more research that was done on the data they gathered during its pass through our solar system, they've they've said astrologists, astronomers have been like, yeah, this thing, the more we learn,
0: the more questions we have about this thing. It didn't seem to follow a normal trajectory of things no. that come in here from, from elsewhere. And, it yeah, it almost like boomeranged back out into the universe. Um, yeah. Yeah it, yeah. it sped back up.
2: And I agree, um, Eddie. I
0: think, you know, it, it's almost like it, taken to the extreme either way. I, I think some people who are a little too um, on the UFO bandwagon, they're like immediately, oh, it's extraterrestrial. Skeptics are too quick to say, no, it, it can't possibly be. But I think it's 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 important for a researcher to fall somewhere in between. You know, you got to rule out X, Y, and Z before you're left with, well, could possibly be from, you know, elsewhere. That's just it. You know, and it is
2: exciting. You know, you want you want there to be cool things out there. At least that's what you're hoping for. But you can't get too pumped about it. But I thought this was very interesting, um, and uh, I'm excited to find out more. There are, like I said, there are some people who believe that this will reveal itself to be simply like an Earth interference type thing. But everything that I've read and seen so far says that this they have pinpointed this thing's origin from that that place. So there's that. But uh, now moving from beyond space to our very own oceans, which are just as mysterious. Um, in August of 2018, the Japanese Agency of Marine Earth Science and Technology, which seems to be a lot, I think. You're just say, lumping a lot Say together. that again. <laughs> What's the official title? The uh, Japan Agency of Marine Earth Science and Technology.
0: Pick a lane.
2: Yeah,
0: I know. Cover a lot.
2: It's like the Eddie Fossler Agency of breakfast, lunch, dinner, and (laughs) snacks.
0: It's almost like Forrest Gump. You're a a shrimp boat captain, a ping pong expert, a a cross country runner, war (laughs) hero, war hero player.
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, the uh, the Japan Agency of Marine Earth Science and Technology. Um. In Off the uh oh, in Tsugami Bay, uh, the uh, Japanese Agency of Marine Earth Science and Technology was doing a a GR a seabed study using uh, underwater cameras and capture equipment, and they filmed what looks to be a giant sea creature, right? Something to Godzilla music, um, yeah. Exactly. And this thing, uh, I saw a video, uh, I would uh, we, we could put a video of this on our on our social media pages or even put it on the website. Um the video of this thing looks like a giant like
0: almost like a giant salamander. But like and big. What? Like what? big, big,
2: big. Hmm. Like well, gigantic I mean,
0: style. You scale up a salamander, you basically, I mean, kind of sorta, almost have something that could resemble Nessie. I mean, instead of feet. Insert flippers and extend the neck a little bit. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. It had a shorter neck. Okay. Like a big, like almost like a Muppet, like a puppet looking mouth. Like a, like a, more like a, if you've seen a salamander mouth, they have almost like a pointed face, like almost like Mm a turtle face. Um, Very weird and giant bulbous eyeballs. (laughs) So it was definitely a creature. It wasn't seaweed. It wasn't. They. The creature appeared to be moving on its own, and then when the lights from the camera equipment got up in this thing's face, it froze. It just stopped moving. It was just like, oh,
0: if I don't move, they won't see me. (laughs) Like a raccoon in a flashlight.
2: Exactly. It just stopped moving. And they were like, they think that the video may have frightened this thing. They don't know. But there are people who are like, it's just a rock. It looks like a thing. It doesn't look like a rock at all. It's like smooth. Anyway, it's crazy. But there's this creature underneath Sugami Bay uh, in Japan. Nice. Re- re- recently sighted, uh, August of 2018. Very fun. I saw a video of this one and it made me very excited. Monster um, sightings
1: are always fun.
2: Well, you'll love this one, Pat, if that's the case. Uh, <laughs> recently, as of 2019, I'm staying recent. Anybody <laughs> give me crap on this? <laughs> I'll shake my poop stick out from my little hut. <laughs> throw a turnip at you from my garden.
0: We'll cut you some slag a few years ago can is count as counted as recent
2: I'll, I'll, yeah um users on Google Earth noticed a creature slash craft emerging from the ocean uh off the coast of and get the name of this island by the way off the coast of deception island. <laughs> <laughs> Deception Island, where Pat is was born and raised. <laughs> I thought I said Decepticon Island when I first read Decepticon. it. I was like, "Ooh, Transformers! Yeah, <laughs> show me Optimus." Um, off the coast of Deception Island, Antarctica. So this is a, a like in a, around in and around Antarctica. Um, there was seen a creature or craft. They can't quite tell coming out of the water. People, uh, users on Google Earth measured the wake, you're going to love this, uh, at over 250 meters wide.
0: Wow. Uh, about 700, 800 feet. That's massive. Um, of wake
2: from this thing coming out of the water. Um, the creature or craft appeared to self-illuminate. So the photos of this thing appear to be, uh, like, glowy, if you will. Uh, Much like it was covered in glow sticks!
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, get it, Eddie?
2: <laughs> yeah. Getting it. Look at me <laughs> shake my poo stick.
0: <laughs> um, so and either, so yeah. it's either a giant bioluminescent creature from the sea, or we got ourselves a uh, UFO, or excuse me, USO, Ooh, unidentified USO. submerged object.
2: Submersible,
0: uh, yeah, that has been the consensus from people
2: who've looked at this uh, image, pulled off of Google Earth, and uh, not a lot of um, of uh, uh, chatter on this one. But I will say that it is something else. It looks very creaturey, but who's to say what you know extraterrestrial vehicle design looks like? But um, yeah, the wake measured is uh, basically about little over seven hundred odd feet wide across um, and appears to glow just just the
1: the idea that people spend a lot of time on Google Earth just exploring the earth and looking at these remote locations uh, just kind of fascinates me oh yeah it's just very I mean it's actually kind of a cool hobby I'm sure you see all kinds of weird stuff but oh um, man it, it is a pretty amazing tool that you can be sitting on your couch at home and be going down to Antarctica at the same time and exploring down there, yeah, in in some way, shape, or form.
2: Oh man, with uh, high definition photos now, it's crazy what you can see. Um, yeah. In fact, at my work, uh, there's a lot of uh, UAV or drone work that we do using just just cameras, and it is insane the level of detail you can get from these high resolution photos.
0: Uh, you know? Speaking of drones and, and things that fly, uh, we, we man, I can't believe we haven't mentioned this before. But what about these Chinese weather balloons, guys? These balloons oh, getting shot man. down left and right and center by by our Air Force. And, I mean, during that little stretch recently, I mean, I had friends and family and acquaintances and complete strangers just reaching out to me like, dude, they're finally here. It's finally contact. <laughs> and And every time. I was a little disappointed because they'd come out. Ah, yeah. oh, it was just a Chinese weather balloon, or it was this or that. Now, a couple of them they said they weren't sure if they were Chinese weather balloons or not. But at the same time, if it is extraterrestrial craft going through wormholes, traveling the speed of light, getting here, um, like why would they be made of? Uh, <laughs> they'd be made of like popsicle sticks and flimsy things that can be shot down easily, right? Because, there...
2: Andy, clearly I made them from No Man's Sky, from my crappy little civilization.
1: <laughs> clearly. There was a group of ham uh, radio operators who came forward, I think they're from Ohio, and they claimed that they believe that uh, one of the objects shot down in Canada was actually a balloon that had some of their equipment that they used to kind of boost their signal so they could get you know, pick up operators from further around the world. So, uh, that's kind of interesting to, that even, you know, these private, private people will, will launch things like this into the atmosphere to, you know, in, in pursuit of their hobbies. Unfortunately, you just don't want it hanging around where, uh, an airliner could hit it and (laughs) cause (laughs) all kinds of a, a ruckus with the government.
0: Watch the first guy who officially discovers, uh, aliens <laughs> he's he's a guy in his recliner chair with a thousand helium balloons strapped to it and he's just up there floating around and he gets definitive proof <laughs> finally that's happened before
2: have you seen that dude
0: yeah <laughs> yeah he
2: found him he found some weather balloons and tied him to a lawn chair <laughs> and then he brought launched. a bb gun to shoot him down
0: <laughs> i can see eddie doing that when he just finally that's... snaps He's That's like I don't care. I'm taking my bag of Cheetos in my recliner and I ain't come back
2: down never. <laughs> He's like I oh, did seen see it. I seen pat civilization. I'm enjoying it.
1: <laughs> Fly up there.
2: And take I'm me. I'm trying
1: to remember how that ended, but uh I can't. It seems like we might have even talked about this on the show before. I think we did. I can't, I, I can't remember how
0: that all ended. How it, are you Are you thinking about oh, that I do. flat Hopefully earth the guy? guys you survive. About a, Remember that flat earther who bought a rocket and he flew up and then it crashed immediately? Yeah, we know <laughs> he, he guy. didn't make it. That was that's a different, a different guy. guy
2: who died. Yeah. Uh, Launcher guy survived uh, uh, helicopters. That's how that ended. <laughs> Rescue helicopters flying over and saving him because that's, he could not get down.
1: <laughs> that's amazing.
2: <laughs> he dropped the BB gun. <laughs> He's like, he dropped the BB gun. He's like, all right, time to shoot. By- oh, man, my landing gear. <laughs> And some kid gets a
1: some kid gets a Red Rider from the skies for Christmas.
2: (laughs) I hope, yeah, landed.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Um, I've been praying for one that landed on my doorstep. (laughs) Exactly.
2: Um, The thing was about some of these UFO uh, sightings too is that there were some people. This is always going to happen, right? There were some people who were like, "The reason why we're seeing a lot of these now is to kind of distract from or detract from." actual ufo stuff that's happening in reality around us and uh, apparently from everything that i kind of tend to follow and look at there was a spike in ufo activity but like legitimate ufo activity uh there was an orb hey another recent sighting the uh, Mossul orb have you guys heard of this thing yet no no Uh -uh. m m o u sorry m o s -S u l Mossul or mosul uh iraq there was a single four-second frame of spy uh, spy plane video of a perfect sphere, silver sphere, like Flight of the Navigator style, that was estimated about, I think they said between four and six feet in diameter, that was just flying around um, Iraq, just sure. zipping all over the place. And they caught four seconds of it on video, and um, yeah, this happened pretty much around the same time as the uh, Chinese balloon sightings. A Little so. orb
0: zipping around almost makes you think of the Foo Fighters uh, that people yep. were seeing during uh, World War II. You know, these just yep. these fast glowing balls of light that the best pilots in the world couldn't catch or keep up with. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's what I got for recent sightings. Um, man, Eddie, layer after layer, you gave us like a not a, a trifecta plus one there, man.
2: Got the layer cake of of uh, r- recent paranormal goodness, but yeah, uh, everything from sea monsters to space signals.
0: But I just think uh, it's just crazy. Just,
2: there's always something new happening around
0: us. Awesome. Well, thanks for that. And uh, up next, we have uh, Pat with pop culture. It's time for pop culture
2: and the paranormal.
1: Okay, so as we mentioned earlier that uh it's starting to get a little warmer outside, starting to think about spring, and once again it's time to start thinking about family vacations. And I came up with a article from treehugger.com. It's <laughs>
2: Love it. <There laughs> I love go. the
1: name by the way. Yeah. Eight, 8 creepiest places in US national parks. Ooh. So these are places that you could go and tour this summer, and um, and they tend to have a uh, kind of a creepy, uh, creepy background to some of these places. Um, the first one is Mammoth Cave. Uh, they they have had more than 150 documented paranormal events in the caverns at Mammoth Cave National Park.
0: Is that in and Kentucky?
1: Uh, where is Mammoth
0: Cave? I'm almost, I think it's in Kentucky. I think I've been there, actually.
1: Hmm. Uh, I don't have it.
0: Let's see. If
1: I click on this little link, it will probably tell me about it.
0: Mammoth. I'm I'm looking it up right now. You might have to look it up. Well, anyway.
1: Yeah. yeah, Rangers have reported, um weird supernatural things going on during tours Uh, uh, one of the one of the most frequent sightings is of stephen bishop a slave whom the national park service website describes as one of the greatest explorers of mammoth cave mammoth cave has ever known bishop who's buried in the old guide cemetery not far from the cave is often seen during the violet city lantern tour when rangers take visitors through the caverns lit only with kerosene lamps. Uh, During the 1800s, Mammoth Cave briefly served as a tuberculosis hospital. Always a tuberculosis (laughs) hospital. Yeah, right.
0: Always. (laughs) If I had a nickel for every time I heard of a tuberculosis hospital in a cave, man. I have 17 nickels. (laughs) (laughs) Within
1: the cave, there are... um, the remains of what what was called consumptive cabins where patients stayed. And outside one of the cabins is a slab of stone where the bodies of dead patients were placed before burial. Today, it's known as Corpse Rock, a place Ooh. where some people claim to have heard phantom coughing. So that would be fun <laughs> to check out.
0: Corpse Rock. Yeah, Cor- right up there near uh, Deception Bay, right? Yeah. Right. Corpse Rock <laughs> is not a zombie musical, believe it or not. <laughs> I've, I've been inside there. And yeah, according to what my uh, quick search. Yeah, it is in Kentucky. OK. I've been through there. I didn't I, I personally didn't feel anything particularly spooky other than the claustrophobia that kind of washes over you. We we went on this like pretty intense spelunking expedition. It was a small group of people They give you like a, a helmet with a lamplight and everything. Guys, you can't even go on this tour like they have to measure your your shoulder width. Because if you're if you're too girthy, if you're too wide, you literally can't fit through some of the holes. I don't so, think I'm wow. going to make that tour. Oh hell no! Oh. I mean, I, I was like sixteen or seventeen. I couldn't do it now. But even back then, grease like, somebody, Andy up and
2: get him in. The- <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> grease me up with Crisco and peanut butter. But you had to like inchworm your way. Like you had to keep your arms at your side and use your feet to like Ooh. scoot yourself through. No, Ooh, no, thank yeah. you.
2: It's a hard no.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. So number two Mammoth. of eight
1: oh. is is a, a devil's den in Gettysburg natu- National Battlefield. Yeah. Uh, with 51,000 casualties, Gettysburg was the site of the Civil War's bloodiest battle. Reports of ghostly soldiers are common here, especially at Devil's End. Um, a boulder-strewn hill that was used by artillery and infantry. The most common sighting is that of a barefoot ghost wearing a floppy hat who is known as the hippie and is thought to be a member of the 1st Texas Infantry. Those who have met the spirit report that he has always had the same thing, said that he always says the same thing while pointing toward plum rum. What you're looking for is over there, he says to people. Those who claim to have photographed the ghost say that his image doesn't appear in the pictures, and Devil's Den is known for causing cameras and other electronic equipment to fail. All right, so there's Devil's Den. Devil's nice. Den, nothing
2: named uh, after the Civil War or during that was was a good name. You know, right. it's like go to Breakneck Ridge, <laughs> Crushed Skull <laughs> Valley. <laughs> you remember like, like Tickle Fight Hills. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. Pack up the kids. You know, take a cooler full of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and make your way out there and. Have a spectacular time, right?
1: Yeah.
2: Go to
0: Flaming Grandma Grotto. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this one's a pretty cool one. This is Norton Creek Trail uh, in the Great Smoky Mountains. Uh, um, and so the Mount, Great Smoky Mountains are home to many ghost stories, but few are as terrifying as the Cherokee legend of Spearfinger. Don't confuse that with Goldfinger of James Bond fame. (laughs) According to the legend, the witch had a long, sharp finger made of stone, and she walked the Smokies' trails disguised as an elderly woman and lured children who wandered too far from their village. She'd hold the children and sink them to sleep and then used her stone finger to cut out their livers, which she would
0: eat.
1: Yeah. With some
0: some Farva beans and a bottle of Chianti? Yeah. There you go.
2: (laughs) Why is it I always have a uh, a Silence of the Lambs reference (laughs) every other day in my life?
1: (laughs) Um, There's also the tale of a settler who was murdered on the north shore of Lake Fontana while looking for his daughter. And the lost hikers reported a mysterious light that leads them back uh, from that. That spot. So, if you want to see the lights yourself and walk the mountains where Spearfinger was to live, hike the North, North Norton Creek Trail, which will lead you to past several cemeteries, an old roadbed. Uh, the trail is still used during Decoration Days, when the families of the cemetery's dead come to decorate the graves.
2: Bring a spare liver. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Or wear some body armor over your. Oh, dude.
2: I'm wrapping my whole (laughs) upper body in like steel. Have like frying pans just like laying around me. Like, can't get through this with your stone finger.
1: Um, this one may be familiar to you guys. You ever hear of Batana Trail? Batona Trail?
0: Nope. In New Jersey?
1: In the New Jersey Pinelands?
0: Ooh, is any of the Pine Barrens up in Jersey Devil territory?
1: It it must be. be since the 1700s there have been thousands of reported sightings of the jersey devil in the new jersey pinelands described as a kangaroo-like creature with the head of a dog bat wings horns and a forked tail the animal is said to prowl through the marshes of southern new jersey residents of the cities near the pinelands have reported hearing the devil's screams late at night for the best chance of glimpsing the jersey devil Hike a section of the Botana Trail, a 49-mile route that ventures deep into the creature's habitat.
0: Well, hey, this summer I'm taking my daughter Skye to New York City on vacation. So we're just a hop, skip, and a jump away from there. And we venture on over to New Jersey and uh, catch us a glimpse. I mean, you you have to. Then again, New York City might be scary enough. (laughs) There's a lot going on there. You got rats the size of raccoons just walking around throwing up gang signs.
2: Well, and what better what better place to bring your daughter to than to a place that has a potential demon walking up and down the trail? <laughs> I, I've you taken her to the
1: worse places. This <laughs> sky's fine. It builds character. Yeah. So this one is cool. This one I didn't even realize this place existed, but I I really want to go after reading about it. It's a place called called Star Dune, in the Great Sand Dunes National Park. You guys ever hear of that national park?
0: No. Yeah, no. I've been there before, too. Uh, you is, haven't. That, is that in western Nebraska? or is that... It is in uh, southern Colorado. Yep, yep, yeah, I, I was yep. there. That's actually my lifelong issues with back problems started there. Did I ever tell you guys a story? Oh, no, no. Sorry to cut you off that. No. Yeah, no story. I was in the Great Sand Dunes National Park, went up to the top, and I was like, this is really cool. It's like being on top of a mountain, only you can't get hurt because if you fall, you land in soft sand. So I get to the top of the sand dune, and, and it's, it feels like a mountain. I start running down, and I'm like, "Yeah!" Oh no! Oh no! I'm running so I'm fast. I'm free! <laughs> I'm running so fast. My legs can't keep up with my upper body, and I just like, I just, I just collapse in a heap, and then I slide to my demise down towards the bottom, crumpled heap. My back completely, just absolutely jacked up, and just when I couldn't move. I started to get swarmed by a bunch of bees, but I couldn't move. Oh, I think no. one of them stung me. <laughs> so it was a nice bumpy car ride three hours to the nearest hospital, and ever since then I've had back problems. <laughs> oh so yeah, it God. is scary. It is it is a it is a scary park in my opinion. Nothing more paranormal than a slip disc, right?
1: Yeah, it's uh, not only uh, ha- home to North America's tallest sand dunes; it's also a flying saucer hotspot. More than 60 UFO sightings have been reported in and around the Great Sand Dunes National Park. The region made headlines, uh, national headlines in the 70s with a rash of cattle mutilations that mm. still continue today. Um, if you can't make it to the nearby UFO watchtower, the top of the 750-foot star dune provides the best view for UFO spotting. Ooh! So
2: put that on the paranormal dad's that, travel planner.
1: Yeah. Uh Let's see. Here, here's another one of those descriptive places: Bloody Lane in Antietam see? National <laughs> Battlefield. <laughs> let's all go down to Bloody Lane. Bloody Lane, this Maryland everybody. Park was to home the... to one of the. Ble- <laughs>
2: The best bowling alley in town. (laughs) Sorry.
1: (laughs) The bloodiest one-day battle in America history. On September 17, 1862, 23,000 soldiers were killed, wounded or missing after the 12-hour battle of Antietam, which ended the Confederate Army's first invasion into the north. Uh the today the sunken road known as Bloody Lane is said to be haunted by the soldiers who lost their lives. Witnesses are reporting hearing phantom gunfire, shouting and singing, and some have even claimed to see soldiers in Confederate uniforms uh who abruptly vanish. So uh there you go, another Civil War
0: spot. What do you expect when you go down Bloody Lane? You're not going yeah. to have anything good happen to you. Bunch of skin, knees,
2: cuts, <laughs> you know, sunburn. It's just not good. It's all blood.
1: Bloody Lane. So let's go uh, back out west. We'll go to uh, the Grand Canyon, a place called Transepte- Trail? Transept Trail. Park rangers and visitors have reported seeing the Grand Canyon's Wailing woman who is said to haunt the North Rim. According to the legend, the woman committed suicide in the nearby lodge uh, during the 1920s after learning that her husband and son had died in a hiking accident. She's dressed in a white dress printed with blue flowers, and she floats along the transept trail between the lodge and the campground on stormy nights, crying and moaning over the family she lost in the canyon. Oh. So that'd be kind of creepy. You're walking up a wet trail in the middle of a storm in the Grand Canyon. and Here comes the whaling woman up the path.
2: That's a glass full of nope. For me, <laughs> just <laughs> turn around and run.
1: <laughs> okay, number eight of our eight eight fun places to visit this summer. Eight creepiest places in the national park. Uh, we're going out to Yosemite National Park, a place called Grouse Lake. Hikers who visit Yosemite's Grouse Lake via the Chilnualua Fall Trails often report hearing a distinct wailing cry like the sound of a puppy. But according to Native American folklore, that's no puppy. <laughs> it's the sound of the cry of an Indian boy who drowned in the lake. Legend has it if he calls to hikers for their help, he calls hikers for their help, but anyone who ventures into the lake will be pulled under and drowned. Ooh. So, uh, apparently the whaling boy isn't the park's only dead, deadly spirit. The, the Miwok Indians believed Yosemite's waterfalls were haunted by an evil wind called Pohono, which entices people to the edge of the falls and then pushes them over the edge. Ooh. In 2011, three hikers plunged to their death from the top of Yosemite's Vernal Falls.
2: So there you have yeah, it. a lot of, yeah, a lot of, a lot of. I mean, take your family there, but don't, don't do the walk to the very edge of the waterfall trick. That's not very fun. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Wow. Safe travels, everybody. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Either go to those places or don't. Your choice. Might want to stick to Disney World after hearing that. You, you have a list written down of places we're taking the family to. It's like bloody lanes, <laughs> head shop, alley. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Is there something you want to tell us, Dad? I love you all very much. You're safe. And You're that's why the
0: kids need therapy, right? You're right. <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> right, Although you've got to think.
0: The uh the the
2: kitsch like the like the gift shop of these places have to be amazing, you know. <laughs> like yeah, I went I went to see the Wailing lady and all I got was drowned in the lake by the kid,
0: by the ghost kid. <laughs> all the souvenirs have blood splatters on them, and the kids are like, "Is this real blood or not?" And like, I don't know. That's half the fun is not knowing, right?
2: Yeah, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks, Pat. That was a good one. Thanks yeah, for terrifying us. And now it's time for. The main mystery. <laughs> All right, welcome to the main mystery, everybody. You guys remember uh, several episodes ago we talked about that school called the Aerial School in Zimbabwe. Oh yeah. Over in yes. Africa. Whole class full of kids at recess saw an alien spaceship land. And I believe this was the early nineties, right? Yep. Mid nineties maybe. Yep. Did you guys know this was not the only school sighting of a UFO? Okay. I'd heard there was
2: another school. That's all I've ever heard. There was another school, and that was the end of it.
0: So I was watching a show the other day, broke down and got myself Discovery Plus. Highly recommended, Ooh. by the way. There's so much sure. paranormal content on there. My my lord. Um, no, uh, how's this for a British name? Pembrokeshire. It's uh, yeah, in that's Wales. Pembrokeshire, Wales. And this took place in uh, uh February 4th, 1977. So Eddie, you were wow. you were about to make your grand entrance onto this planet. You were I was a 77 baby. You were. Yeah, and actually uh, in February early. you would you probably just been conceived. <laughs> yes. Correct. At that moment <laughs> Eddie Eddie was conceived during a UFO sighting in Pembrokeshire.
2: In the back of a Ford Fairlane, your own Eddie Foster was conceived. Explains so much. Uh, aliens <laughs> came came down anyway. Uh,
0: this took place at a school called Bro- uh, Broadhaven Primary School. Now this is a sleepy little harbor town not much going on there. A lot of farming families. Again, February 4th, 1977. And actually this happened during a time when there was a lot of alien sightings going on around this area. Or UFO sightings, I should say. Some people uh, termed it the uh, Dyfed Triangle, referring to an area of that part of the UK. But this was a, a classroom of 10-year-olds. I'm trying to think how old that would be. So Probably probably looking at 4th uh, or 5th graders. But there was word, There was rumors going around that day of kids seeing a saucer-shaped craft. Silver saucer-shaped craft. A lot of rumors going around. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the headmaster, get this, guys. You'll love this. The headmaster of the school caught wind of all these rumors. All these kids saying, man, I saw a UFO on the way to school. I saw one, too. I saw one hovering above the school. The headmaster was like, eh. I don't have time for that. Everyone's making it up, anyways. He didn't even go outside to check—not once. He's like, <laughs> "Eh, whatever." At the end of the day, he went you out. Go. Yeah, you know, I got I got paperwork degrading. I ain't got time. I to... got stuff to do. I mean, if you guys had the chance, even if it was a one percent chance to glimpse a saucer from a different planet, wouldn't you stop what you were doing and go outside to take a peek?
1: Yes, easiest, I think I would. Yes, especially if you're you know, somewhat in charge of, of children and their welfare, which this guy probably you would think was. If they come inside from recess to tell you there's something going on, you might just want to take a peek and right. see take what's going theory. on.
0: <laughs> this was 77. They weren't, you know, if you got abducted by an alien, that was your problem. It was, it was a life lesson. Yeah, he should have yeah, known this better. This is Little like, is he, he, yep. like, he going to come it. back? Well, maybe, maybe not. I guess Whatever. It's his fault. <laughs> <laughs> Go lick Play your dumb, l- paste, l- dumb, playground obviously. equipment. <laughs> yeah. Now, so what happened at, at recess, all the kids were outside, and this cylindrical-shaped, cigar-shaped, metallic craft landed in a nearby field. Um, it was seen by uh, over a dozen kids. Everyone freaked out. One kid, uh, his name was Dave Davies uh, in particular. He, he actually went on to write a book about this later in his life. Uh, He, in particular, was affected by it, um, said he wasn't afraid necessarily, but at the same time, his fight-or-flight response was kind of, uh, you know, flight. Like, he felt like he shouldn't be looking at it longer than than he had. So, you know, all the kids are worked up into a frenzy. By the end of the day, the headmaster's finally taken an interest in this. He's asking, you know, okay, what happened, what happened? So this must have been on a Friday, because all the kids go home for the weekend afterwards, come back Monday and the headmaster's kind of singing a different tune. he's like, okay, well, okay. What, what did you guys see? Let's round everybody up. Similar to the aerial school in Zimbabwe. They had each kid independently, individually draw a picture of what they, what they saw. Mm-hmm. And of course there was some similar, there were some similarities. There were some differences, but uh, overall these kids were drawing approximately the same thing. And although it was, uh, Kind of cylindrical shaped. I do want to correct myself. There was actually like a dome shape on the top of it. So not your classical uh, rectangular cigar necessarily. There was a little bit of a dome top, a little curvature to it. Almost like a hybrid between a a cigar shaped and and saucer shaped craft, if you will. Uh, But they all saw it. The drawings were all similar. In fact, a couple weeks later, there was a lady by the name of Rosa Granville. Now, she ran the Haven Fort Hotel Hotel. In a nearby town called Little Haven, and she described seeing an object that kind of looked like an upside-down saucer. And aboard this thing, or near this craft, she said she saw two faceless humanoid creatures with pointed heads. <laughs> now Rosa said there that there was so much heat coming off this thing, even from a distance, that her face felt burnt, like she like she had acquired a sunburn. She said there was lights shooting out of this thing that looked like flames that cont- it contained every color of the rainbow. And the creatures actually walked out of the flames, which she said was kind of perplexing. She really didn't know what to make of that. Hmm. Um, the RAF, the Royal Air Force, came out to investigate. They, they found allegedly found no, no signs of a, of a craft landing there. Uh, this was, I mean, it whipped up quite a media frenzy. Uh, Honestly, you had reporters coming in from Japan, uh, the whole town I mean, this is a sleepy little town. I mean, there was nothing going on. It might make the news if like a a goat got out of its pasture, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly it's ground zero uh, for alien visitors. And, you know, uh, Flight Lieutenant Cowan, uh, who was an officer from the uh, Royal Air Force, uh, you know, he kind of made a joke. Well, if you know saucers are going to be landing here in our neck of the woods, we'll charge them normal landing fees. You know, kind Ooh. of brushing it aside. Um, a lot of the skeptics said, and this is this is just what really gets me. A lot of the skeptics dismissed it by saying these kids were seeing a, a sewage tank. You know, these portable tanks that would come through yeah. and remove waste. These kid, these ki- it was a small village. Like these kids hardly left. I mean, they saw these things every day of their lives. They knew what a right. sewage tank looked like. Mm-hmm. Whatever they saw freaked them out, and they yeah. said, "No, that's not what we saw." Um, accompanied with the craft that they saw, a lot of them reported seeing a uh, an, uh, a figure, a human-like figure that was wearing almost like a silvery metallic space suit. Skeptics oh, wow. wrote that off as ah, that was just a fire suit that sometimes worn by people in the military. By the sewage guys, right?
1: That's sewage the guys. Sewage guys. The sewage fire. The
0: sewage guys. You know, swamp gas reflecting off of Venus. You know, they're just they're just reaching for any way to Anything. dismiss this, right? Anything. Now, Harrier jets were, were kind of a new thing around this time. You know, these, these uh, fighter jets that could take off yeah. and land vertically. Mm-hmm. So some people were claiming that that's what they saw. But again, Harrier jets aren't, they don't glow with this metallic sheen to them. Um, no. They they don't have a, like a domed cigar shape look to them. They have two wings and a, and a tail just like any other aircraft. So what these kids were seeing, I mean, a lot of them had the feeling that that gut primal feeling that what they were looking at was not something that was from this planet. Now, another family in town right around the time of the incident, I think it was actually the weekend after the Friday that the boys uh, seen this, they there was a family who was scared half to death when somebody wearing one of these silvery metallic space suits showed up in their in their front window, in their yeah. picture window. It was trying to peek through the blinds at this family. Family freaked out, hid, turned the lights off. Um, you know, the intruder eventually walked back off, disappeared into nowhere. The dad went out to kind of see if he could find any footprints or anything. He said the bushes and the brush near that window was singed as if it was exposed to a tremendous amount of heat.
2: What the heck?
0: So we got a lot going on here. There's there's a lot yeah. to unpack, but you know, at the end of the day, when you have over a dozen kids who report that they saw something that they've never seen before or since an object that, you know, just kind of makes everyone terrified, quite frankly. And at age 10, you know, yes, you're still young, but you're old enough. You're not going to, you're not going to confuse things. You know, you're, you're articulate enough to to describe what it is that you saw. You can rationalize. You can pretty quickly deduce. OK, is this uh, something that I've seen before? Is it comparable to this? Is it not? Um, you know, had this been a group of three year olds, you might not take much. You know, you might you might take it with a grain of salt. But I thought that I thought it was really interesting. So it predates. The uh, Zimbabwe school incident, Um, and honestly, I had never heard of this when I was watching this show uh, on Discovery+. Plus. My ears kind of perked up, and I I thought, wow, I I really got to dig in and and research this a little more. Unfortunately, Dave Davies, one of the kids who saw this, was subjected to a lot of bullying from older kids who didn't see it on the playground that day. And it could have been – they didn't specify this, but I'm guessing it could have been one of these deals like at my daughter's school where – you know, they have third graders at recess and then the fourth graders are at recess and they kind of stagger it in tears like that. So maybe some of the older grade levels were not outside during the time. But unfortunately, uh, Mr. Davies was subject to a lot of bullying for several years, pretty intense bullying. People wanted him to admit he was lying. He never did. He he took the beatings and he was like, look, I, I saw what I saw and no one's ever going to change my opinion about that.
2: There you go. You know yeah, it's crazy. So, so he's the only one that went forward and wrote a story and a book and all that.
0: I believe a lot of the children were interviewed, um, after the fact, uh, for whatever reason, he, uh, got a little bit more limelight. He eventually did go on to, uh, to, to publish a book on the, on the matter, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, and again, I don't know if this lends, You know, more validity to the story or not. But again, this is a sleepy little harbor town of farmers. Um, Mm -hmm. These kids may have had access to, you know, maybe comic books and and things like this, but they're not exposed to, I guess you might say, more like fantastical things like children from a from a big bustling city might have been right So no, in other words, they're not, they're not more likely to like make up something. And I'm not, I'm not calling them simple minded or anything like that, but generally speaking, kind of salt of the earth type of people from small towns, they tend to be honest if nothing else, right? Yeah, no,
2: I would say, yeah, in, in
1: in that time frame, they're, they're, since they're not from the city, they're probably limited as far as what, uh. You know, even books are available, you know, if even if the town does or does not have a library, uh, they're limited to what's in that library. And it's not like they have access to the Internet or anything back then where they can learn about all these stories that that come around.
0: Yeah,
2: right. Exactly. their imagination fuel maybe isn't quite the same in a weird way. Like, yeah, TV and all that, too. But even in 77, I mean, there was some stuff, I mean, you know, entertainment-wise, but not in these small towns as easily available. Um, and the funny thing is, too, is, like, when kids, especially kids, try to tell people things that they've seen, it's so funny, especially the 70s, 80s, and 90s, how we, we just wrote them off. We're like, hey, he's a kid. He's dumb, <laughs> he's saying dumb kid things and and it's like it's it's we've said this a million times. kids are almost more receptive to these things than adults are, you know they're not turned off to it yet,
0: yeah, I mean they just they they trust their eyes, they haven't been programmed or trained to believe in this versus that, or you know that's taboo don't don't mention that, they just report what they see, yeah, you know? they see and observe so. I I think it's a really fascinating story. We may never know, uh, unless we invent a time machine, we may never know what happened that day. But by all descriptions, it certainly does like it was odd, unusual, paranormal, and possibly extraterrestrial.
2: Well, and there's precedent for this. I mean, this happened again down the line. Like you said, with the the Uriel school. Yep. Yep. And then, you know, like these mass sightings have happened before or since
0: you know and not to discredit a one person sighting but it certainly helps when you have multiple eyeballs on an object oh absolutely because one person you could say well maybe they mistook uh venus for a flying orb or this or that and usually it's not the case i mean usually in my opinion if you have an honest person who honestly said they saw something weird you know, more often than not, you can take their word for it. But when you have a whole class of kids who saw roughly the same thing, I mean, take it to the bank. It happened. It was real, uh, as to what right. they saw, we'll never know, but they saw something unusual. That's, that's for sure. Well, that's what I've got for you today, guys. Wrap, put a bow on the main mystery there. I love, I love these kinds of things though, especially when
2: you, you have almost like a that time era, too, of the 70s and 80s when, like, there was an extraterrestrial sighting or something about that. It just really seemed to kind of, like, stoke your imagination a little bit more. You know, you're like, ooh,
0: I wonder if an alien's in that forest, <laughs> E.T. style. And if you know, anybody just wants, to... just search this on the Internet. It was pretty cool. They actually have photos of the children on the playground, holding up uh, their, their respective pictures that they had drawn of what the, what they saw. So you can see the similarities and differences in each drawing, but they're pretty, they're pretty consistent. And yeah, that's, that's a really interesting one. But as always, everybody, thanks for listening. We do want to give a big shout out to freesound.org for supplying some of the music and sound effects. Uh, You can catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you can email us a cool story if you'd like to hear it read right on the show, paranormaldads at gmail.com. And thanks so much for your support. we got a lot, of, a lot of great things coming down the pipeline for you, and we'll keep you posted as those uh, announcements unfold. We do. Uh, uh, stay tuned. We're also on uh, Facebook,
2: uh, uh, Instagram, and YouTube as well. Make sure to check us out at those places. Uh, you'll see a lot of fun Paranormal Dads stuff coming your way. And uh, we said this before, we have uh, stickers. Hey, just like I saw on the back of that person's car, uh, stickers, uh, more stickers coming. I have some more exclusive art stickers done by some local artists here in town uh, featuring their version of Paranormal Dads. That'll be up for uh, purchase uh, fairly soon here, within the next week or so. And then um, also, uh, give us a shout if you want a sticker, T-shirt, hat, or some sort of Paranormal Dad dad's swag let us know and you can order it through us
1: and uh we can get it shipped out to you i wonder if any of these new stickers will feature pat's palace and eddie's little rancid hut
2: Ooh, i think they might have (laughs) to now pat's palace and eddie's rancid
1: hut
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right thanks guys and thanks to all of you for listening have a good one
1: thank you everybody goodbye
0: next time maybe we can do video and then that's fine i'm all washed out anyways people will be like who's that ghost on your program (laughs) forget the paranormal you got a banshee right there talking (laughs) on the mic i need a i need a tan or something you're all right you got that window glow coming in i got that window glow i need a haircut it's funny how much you realize about yourself when you look at yourself on a (laughs) on a video stream it's like oh god (laughs) oh for real this is what people see all day long. This mug right yeah. here, Eddie. Yeah, your I'm hair like, I... is your hair is radical, dude. For real? I mean, yeah, it's it's <laughs> huge, to... man. You got the locks going there. Oof. It reminds Somebody... me of uh,
1: what's his name, Jimmy? Is it Jimmy Neutron or something? Jimmy Neutron. Yeah.
0: Someone at work said that too. They were like, "How do you get your hair to do that?" And I go, "I just live, baby." <laughs> <laughs> it's a combination of product and and oil and bedhead and awesomeness. A little bit of that. I just I just get scared a
2: lot. I'm just like this. All the, all the time. And then it happens. You're channeling your inner Giorgio Seleucidus. I know, dude. I want to get the medallions around my neck. I should beat him for Halloween. Just have this <laughs> hanging around my neck and be like...
0: Get a t-shirt that says, I'm not saying it's aliens, but... I'm not
2: saying it's aliens,
0: but it's aliens. All right. You guys ready? Uh, I'll go first. Eddie, second. Pat, third. Sure. Hold on one second, Andy.
2: I don't know what's happening. I thought. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing
0: over there? Here. Little R and B, little alien R and B, smooth paranormal, coming at you all night every night with Pat. (laughs)
2: Got alien bedsheets made of silk. <laughs> <laughs> alien kisses and Sasquatch hugs. <laughs> okay, we're done. Sorry. <laughs> all right. All right. Sorry, Andy.
0: Welcome to another brand new edition of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host, Andy. And I'm all alone. <laughs> I thought I'm you were, so you were lonely. saying. <laughs> Andy That's just laid you. it out. Sorry, second, I'll
2: do it. I'll do it. I'll do
0: it.
2: I'll be second.
0: Welcome to a brand new edition of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host, Andy. I'm Eddie. I'm Pat. Join us for another fudge. <laughs> fudge? Fudge. I like I'm, fudge.
2: I don't know about fudge, but here's this. What's that? the theory of podcast evolution as we need to get going. We're off to a roaring
1: start.